It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the final word. Good evening, I'm Albie Oxenreiter. Welcome to The Final Word, the show that invites you into the conversation. You can get your opinion on TV right here on Channel 11 every Sunday night. And with that, let's get started by introducing you to tonight's three panelists. Please welcome from our partners at DKPittsburghSports.com, Chris Carter. Hi, Chris. What's up, Albie? The Steelers get a big win and we get to go in here and talk about it. Pretty big Sunday and weekend for football in Pittsburgh. Kicking off the regular season. From the Trib, also Steelers radio host, Tim Benz is back. Hi, Tim. Albie, I can't believe that the Pittsburgh Pirates are now 0 for 13 when trying to sweep an opponent this season. But what I really can't believe is a team that bad has actually been in position to sweep an opponent 13 times. <laughs> and former Pitt and NFL tight end, Doran Dickerson back. Hi, Doran. Hey, how you doing? Uh, just like Chris said, a big weekend for Pittsburgh football teams, one for my Pitt Panthers in hostile environments, and today with the Pittsburgh Steelers, you absolutely love to see it. All right, some of the topics we're talking about tonight, we're looking for five words on either your player of the game or your play of the game, and after one game, what concerns do you have about the Steelers' offense? What's the ceiling for the Pitt Panthers after that win at Tennessee, and should the Penguins make any moves to weather the storm until they get Sid and Gina Malkin back. But first, our big topic for tonight. What are your first impressions of the 2021 Steelers? Chris, you're first. Well, the defense, Albie, lives up to the hype. And this is what we were talking about. You know, a couple years ago when the defense was, was lighting it up, people said, ah, they're not playing great quarterbacks. And then last year, they're like, oh, well, maybe they fell off in the end. This was a this was a top five quarterback they faced. The offense that ranked number two in the NFL last year. They averaged 31 points, over 31 points a game. And they got held into 16 points. And that was still without Stephon Tewitt. This defense needs to be elite like this this season. They were in week one. We have to see if that carries over as they come back home to face the Raiders in week two. Tim, first impressions. My first impression is that they are actually very reminiscent of what we saw early in the season last year in the sense that in that 11-game win streak, I believe in about eight or nine of those games, they were a team that would win football games by only playing 30 minutes. They'd be lousy for one set of 30 minutes, first half or second half. Then the other 30 minutes, they'd be fantastic. They'd either be junk going into halftime or great going into halftime and the reverse coming out of it. This time, they were no good in the first half. They were great in the second half. The difference is they did it against a team that I think could win the AFC and go to the Super Bowl. For the opener last year, they did it against the Giants. So I'm much more impressed with what I saw this time around. Doran? I saw leadership in fight, and I know it wasn't pretty, but with Ben Roethlisberger at the helmet quarterback and Cam, Cam Hayward and the way those two played, the way those two fought during the game in a hostile environment, as I said before, up in Orchard Park, obviously Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills are a great football team. They went up there and they edged them out and they got the win. I saw a lot of leadership, a lot of fight, and you're going to need that this season. You're going to need that in the AFC North to compete. I love what I saw from the Steelers and their, their big guys and coming out today. You brought up a great point about Ben Roethlisberger. 188 yards passing, nothing phenomenal on his stat sheet, but 
when early in the first half, as Tim said, they were stinking, but you could kind of see the Steelers just didn't want him to make the huge mistake that threw the game away like he did last year with the pick six against the Bills. This time, he sort of figures it out, and eventually in the second half, they know where they can attack, and you can trust him to make the smart plays. They scored on every possession in the second half, save for the one where they, uh, where they knelt, out the, knelt out the clock. That's huge. All right, a reminder, keep those comments coming. You can find us on Twitter at WPXI Final Word, on Facebook at The Final Word. And now it's time for five words. Give us five words on either your player of the game or your play of the game. First to Twitter, thank you to our defense. Thanks, Ann. Watt, he's worth every penny. Block punt for a touchdown. Thanks, Chad. Now Chris and Tim and Doran. Five words, player of the game, play of the game. Chris, you're up. Watt, bigger than the stat sheet. We look at T.J. Watt and we see two sacks, the forced fumble, and everyone's still celebrating the contract and the Adam Schefter story that turned out to not be true. But still, there's a lot of excitement around this guy. But it wasn't just the sacks. It was the consistent pressure from him, Melvin Ingram, Cam Hayward, Alex Highsmith, and the fact that they drew so many holding penalties and they could have drawn more if the NFL wanted to call them. It was a fantastic game from the defensive front. They were the biggest factor for this game, and T.J. Watt leading the way as he should after getting paid. Chris, what are those? Six, what are the five words again? What bigger than the stat sheets? That sheets one word. Okay, see, Dean. Clarification on that. Dean was just. <laughs> <laughs> Your hyphen, hyphens count. <laughs> we, we gave the one person an apostrophe for he's. I mean, that's an abbreviation. We don't have to send this to the booth. All right, uh, Tim. Five words. Cam Hayward was a beast. That's five easy right there, and I think it's pretty <laughs> obvious, too. He was fantastic. Not only did Hayward have a sack, but he also had two very important pass deflections. He was the guy that forced Josh Allen to have to run, and then T.J. Watt tracked him down for the strip sack, then Hayward fell on it. He also stripped the ball that I think should have been a fumble, but it wasn't reviewed or called as such. I thought Hayward was fantastic all day, and don't underestimate that big batted ball he had on the third down from the 19 on the first drive after Isaiah McKenzie's long kick return to start mm -hmm. the game. That drive goes for a field goal instead of a touchdown. The Steelers walk away saying, hey, look what we just did, a three and out after a 75-yard kick return. I think that actually ended up bolstering the Steelers instead of kicking them in the gut, which that kick return probably could have done to a lot of other teams. All right, good point there. Doran, five words. Special teams touchdowns win games. And back in my career at Pitt, my head coach, Dave Wansett, who coached the NFL a long time, he said the team that creates a touchdown on special teams has the highest probability of winning the football game. And the Pittsburgh Steelers did that today. Yes, I know at first that there was a long kickoff return. They let that loose. I know there was a shank punt, but they took care of business on special teams. They created a turnover plus a touchdown. That's why I believe the Steelers had that momentum to end up winning the game against the Buffalo Bills. And uh, Boz was good too. That 45-yard yes. field goal at the end was nails. <laughs> All right, still to come after one game, what are your concerns about the Steelers' offense? And what's the best way to address them? Focus on the offensive line. Yeah, it's only week one, but they got to get it together quick. Back with more of the final word after this.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This is the final word. Welcome back. I'm Albie Oxenrider tonight with Chris Carter, Tim Benz, Thorne Dickerson, and it's only one game. But after one game, what are your concerns about the Steeler offense? And what's the best way to address them, Doran? Well, I mean, it's obvious that it's the offensive line, but uh, to address that is to play games and to be on the same page, to learn the protections, to make sure you're on the same page with Ben. But my biggest concern is Ben Roethlisberger getting hit too much. He looked a little bit brittle a couple of times. I'm not going to lie, getting up off the ground a couple of times a day during the game. I know this is his 18th season. He's taken a lot of hits over his career. He's had a lot of injuries. The Steelers have to do everything in their power possible to keep Ben upright and make sure that he can make it throughout this season. So my biggest concern is just keeping Ben clean and making sure he can make it through the season. All right, look at this comment. Goes right along with that. Ben looks fragile, won't survive many hits this season. Thanks for the comment, Ken. Chris, uh, your biggest concern? Well, certainly the offensive line, but again, this was my final word last week right on this set. You know, when you look at this, the Steelers offensive line, you know that they're not going to be good. You know that they're going to have to have to come together, find a way to gel, and that's going to take time. So you have to find ways to use the other talent on this team. That's your franchise quarterback. That's your several talented wide receivers. That's your new running back to kind of coax things over until this group figures it out. Early on, it looked like they weren't doing that. I kind of felt like they were being too conservative. But, you know, in, in, in hindsight, it looks like that was their time to test. Okay, these are the things that we can feel comfortable doing, and they were able to perform some of those things. I will say the offensive line did get active when they call those wide receiver screens. These guys can hit in space. They just have to figure out how to work their double teams, when to chip, and when to fire off the ball at the right time. That's their biggest concern. That can grow in time, and they are young. So I think that's the best thing on their side. But still, a major concern, Ben's health is a is a major concern. You're right, Chris. They can move, and they're athletic. They're young. They can go back and forth. So that, that is a promising thing for that offensive line is how athletic and young that they are, and hopefully they can get it going with Matt Canada's offense. Mm-hmm. All right, Tim. Yeah, I would say it's actually more the run blocking than the pass blocking. Not that I think that either of these guys are wrong. I think they're right about the concerns over Roethlisberger getting hit. But one great way to have him get hit is to hand the ball off to Najee Harris more. But it's tough to hand it off to him when they're only averaging 3.6 yards per carry. And 
Chris, if you don't mind checking your stat sheet, <laughs> one word. <laughs> uh, I believe it was 3.6 yards per carry, and uh, what was it, 25 so. of them were because of Chase Claypool's reverse. Right. So and, whatever, and, whatever they got yards per carry-wise was boosted by giving the ball to a wide receiver. And I do think Najee looked a little surprised or overwhelmed at how much was coming at him. Mm -hmm. I think maybe he thought once they got in the game, the holes might be a little bit bigger, but they weren't against the Bills' defensive front. They, they were not, and especially, I think the other run was, I think it was an 18-yard run towards on one of their last drives where they were pushing towards the end zone. So, I mean, that accounted for almost half of his yards on, on the game. I do agree, Tim, that he looked a little like wide-eyed for a little bit there, but again, I think that this is going to be a matter of gelling, figuring out what works and doesn't work with this Steelers' run game. All right, some pit talk now after an exciting Saturday. Tim Pitt with a win over Tennessee. So with that in mind, what's their ceiling in your opinion? Oh, I thought their ceiling at the start of the year could be 10 wins unless just being picked gets in the way of that happening for Pitt. You know, they have the losses they're not supposed to have or they have the win like at Tennessee that's right there mm -hmm. and they don't seize it, but mm -hmm. they did this time. So credit to them for that. Maybe nine wins, then a bowl win could get them to 10. I think that's their ceiling. But since I know these guys are going to talk more about Pitt, they talked about Pitt in their open. I got to give a shout out as well to the other team yes. in Pittsburgh, the Duquesne Dukes getting their first ever victory over an FBS school. Not only their first ever victory over an F FBS school, but beating Ohio in Ohio for the first ever FBS win for the NEC overall. And they did it with their backup quarterback to boot. So congratulations to the Dukes as well. Absolutely. Yep. And Jerry Schmidt, former St. Bernard star, now running the show at Duquesne. All right, it's Pitt. They always crush my dreams. <laughs> Surprise me, Pitt. Make a run. Doran, what's your ceiling? My ceiling is as far as Kenny Pickett is going to take this team. Um, he came back. He could have went to the NFL. He's a veteran quarterback. He played very well last week. He's played very well, obviously, in the first game against UMass. As Kenny Pickett goes through the season, his level play is going to rise, and the team's level play is going to rise. So the ceiling is where Kenny Pickett is during the season. In October, they have a, a tough batch of games. They have Miami, they have Clemson, they have Virginia Tech. So it's important for Pitt to win these games now, start off 5-0, and and head into October whenever they have that rough batch of games. But their ceiling is where Kenny Pickett is going to be at the end of the year. Chris? Tim brought up a great point. If this was last year's pit or some of the other years, they probably lose that game to Tennessee. They don't find they, they drop some of those passes that Jordan Addison and Tazier Mack were hauling in, and then we're saying, oh, they, they fell short on these drives. This goes to overtime, and Tennessee finds some wild way to win. Heck, they lost two games by one point back-to-back -back weeks to get NC State and Boston College last year. Had they won those games, they would have finished 8-3, and three, and everyone would have felt respectable about that year. This is the year with 27 seniors, with Kenny Pickett back, with captains like Deslin Alexander, you you got a chance to win these games that you might not have before. This is Pat Narduzzi's year. I say the ceiling, just like these guys, 10 wins. And the ACC is not what They're people said it hurting. was coming into the season. People try to make that conference into more than what it was, and I think it's proving that it's not already. All right. Finally, the Penguins. Sidney Crosby hurt. Should the Penguins make some moves to shore things up or weather the storm? Uh, either one or the other. Chris, you're first on this one. I mean, this is tough because he's probably going to miss the first four games. Is that really worth preparing for? You know, do you trust that in a long season that you guys that your guys can overcome that? I mean, maybe for depth in case he comes back and gets hurt again. But you know, that the Penguins are are a franchise that's sold off a lot of their a lot of their future future chances with draft picks and such. I, I really think that there needs to be a sense that they're building for the future with, over their next few years and doing making another move that might cost some of that future to bolster just the first four games. I think they need to find a way to survive. All right, back to Twitter. Weather the storm. It's only a couple weeks. On to Tim. 
Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, unless one of the moves that is made because of Sidney Crosby's injury is to get a new goaltender. <laughs> like, and I know Sid has always wanted to play goal, but he's not really playing goal. So short of that, I don't see the need to overreach and uh, bolster the center depth just for a couple games. Uh, I know it feels panicky to start a season without Crosby and Malkin, but uh, and especially with four games at home, I think that's where maybe people are coming from with a little bit of panic on this. But what are you going to do? Doran? Uh, you weather the storm. Uh, you don't need Sidergino next month when the season starts. You, you need them three months, three or four months from now, whenever it's in the bulk of the season, whenever you actually need to win games. Um, this is a great opportunity for guys to step up to figure out if you have depth at those positions, at the center positions, and to figure out if you have some role players heading into the bulk of the season. I think you weather the storm, you take care of Sidney Crosby, you take care of uh, Evgeny Malkin, and make sure that they're fully healthy to come back and make a splash this season. They will be they'll be fine, they'll be able to weather the storm with the guys they have on the roster now. All right, hockey's coming on fast. And when we come back around the horn on any topic, the final word is next. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is the final word. Welcome back, and it's time now for the final word. Everybody gets a chance, and Tim, you're first. Well, only one thing made me sad about today's victory for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and it's that our friend and colleague, Tunch Yilkin, wasn't there to call it for WDVE. Mm. I worked with Tunch for many, many years uh, over at iHeartRadio, and his passing this past week hit everybody over there very hard. It took a while for a lot of folks to get over it, but uh, I'll just say this, Albie. I know you knew him well, too. This is the exact kind of game that Tunch would have loved to call, a comeback win on the road when the Steelers were underdogs. He would have loved all three and a half hours of it, and uh, it just gives me a little comfort to think that he was up there watching it somewhere anyway. Well said, Tim. All right, Doran, final word. Yeah, it's very well said, Tim, and, you know, just knowing Tunch over the years and just what a great man he was and what he meant to this city. It's just unbelievable and very sad. So condolences to his family and friends around him. But um, my final word is Heinz Field. You saw the atmosphere today in Orchard Park. Even though the Buffalo Bills lost, it was rocking. So bring that energy to Heinz Field next week. Bring that energy for Tunch, who would love to be at Heinz Field calling this game the first home opener of the season. I want to see some terrible towels. I want to see some energy and get that stadium rocking. All right, Chris, final word. This Steelers defense 
does look to be truly elite. And it's not because of a couple playmakers. It's because top to bottom, they have guys who are filling in the answers. You had Joe Hayden looking really good at corner. James Pierre knocking away passes. Even Trey Norwood, the seventh round rookie, helping in the slot and back at safety. And Devin Bush, I want to say this, Devin Bush and Joe Schobert totaled for 16 tackles. Very quiet, but very helpful over the middle to stop Josh Allen from having the, the wide open middle of the field that he attacked last year when he broke open the second half for the Bills against the Steelers. That was a big difference as to why the Steelers offense eventually had the time to figure things out. This defense is the, the real deal. We just have to see if they can stay healthy to, down the stretch in the big games. All right. Thanks, guys. And our final word now from social media. I gave the Steelers no chance to beat the Bills. I hang my head in shame. Well, it's a long season. In fact, this season is even longer. So while you absolutely positively should enjoy today's win over the, the Bills, keep in mind uh, that it is a long season and keep things in perspective. They found a way to win today and they get all the credit. But the same way they won a game that many people had them losing, they have to avoid losing a game down the road that many will expect them to win. That never happens. <laughs> never at all. It's a great start to the season. If it's a sign of things to come, it's going to be a great few months. Uh, that's the final work for tonight. I'm Albie Oxenrider for Chris and Tim and Doran. See you next time.